today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. not a new phenomenon. The reason is because we're God's elect. We're God's chosen ones. We've embraced the King. And Peter so much as, as says that. God's people are elect in this world. He says, to God's elect strangers in the world. God voted for you. <laughs> You're elect. Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see You're changing our lives, so we can be our hands and feet In Peter's opening line in his first epistle, he addresses the church as God's elect. In today's message, Pastor Ed reminds us of the truth of this title. Christians are chosen of God and dearly loved. Because of that election and special place in the Lord, We are hated by the enemy. Christians face much persecution because Satan hates what God loves. However, we can find encouragement during the fiery trials we face by simply opening up the good book and reminding ourselves of who we really are in Christ Jesus. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. that he could speak a word to strengthen the believers. He felt inspired of the Spirit, guided of the Spirit, to write to believers who were spread throughout what we call Turkey today. And he spoke words to Get them to stand up on their feet, to stand up on the inside against the pressures from the outside. I think of Viktor Frankl who said, man can endure almost any suffering if he can see a purpose or meaning in it. Conversely, he will be miserable even amidst the great luxury if he cannot relate his life to some larger context which makes it meaningful. That's what Peter does. He's going to help us to see from a different paradigm how to handle the pressure, the struggle that comes as a part of the journey. He identifies himself. That's the very first thing that he does. He speaks about his relationship to us, the author's relationship to us, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, we talked about Peter last week. Jesus gave him that incredible prophetic word at the beginning of Peter's call. You're Simon, son of Jonah. You're going to be called Cephas, Peter, a rock. Now, we watched him more like sand, more like a reed shaken in the wind. But Jesus' words were true, and they came to pass because he was molding Peter to the man that would lead the apostolic church, that would head up that apostolic band. (laughs) You can count on it. If God says something, he will do it. He will commit himself to fulfill his word in your life 
Peter, an apostle. No, he could speak into our life because he spoke with the authority given to him by Jesus Christ. And the book that he wrote, the epistle, the letter, was placed in Holy Scripture. It was a word from God to us. That authoritative word, if we hear it and heed it, will strengthen us all through the journey of life. That's what God has given this book for, to strengthen you and me. You can hear his voice on its pages. You could meet with him and hear the testimony of men and women who have met with him throughout this book. It's a strengthening book that will strengthen you for the journey. He speaks with an authority. I know, I know. There are some that stand over this book and claim to have a greater authority. Whether they be so-called prophets, whether they be so-called apostles, they claim a greater authority than the Word. They may say, church tradition, church stands above it and above it. No. This book stands above every church leader and judges every one of us. Our authority comes from this book and is based on this book. And so Peter speaks an authoritative word. And it will help you in the most difficult of times. It will strengthen you on the inside. Terry Anderson didn't want to have anything to do or didn't get too involved with Scripture according to his own testimony. But then in Lebanon when he spent nearly seven years a prisoner, tortured, abused. Someone gave him a Bible in the midst of that. He said, I read it 50 times, and it strengthened me. And when he was released from captivity, he gave his testimony, how he had a new profound Faith and confidence in this word. If you're going through the fire, pick up the book. If you're going through deep waters, pick up the book. God will have an authoritative word for you. He will speak to you with a power and an authority. I want to encourage you. Like Peter, take the book and eat from it. Someone has said, the Bible that is falling apart is usually owned by someone who is not. It keeps you together. It's like glue connecting you to God. The psalmist knew what sorrow was when he said, my soul is weary with sorrow. But he goes on to say, strengthen me according to your word. Have you ever been there and said, oh, Lord, strengthen me according to your word. And God sends his word and heals your heart. God sends his word and gives light to your path. God sends his word and makes a way for you. So the author's relationship to us, that's important. 
He speaks with authority because he speaks for God. This is God's word to us. Then he helps us. He doesn't leave us there. He, he helps us. He says, you know, how we relate to this world will determine how we handle it and how it handles us. And so he looks at the believer's life and there's two things that he points out to these Christians who are struggling, who are going through difficult times. In 1 Peter 1.1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, would you mind if I were not politically correct for a moment? Would you give me permission to do that? Oh, is that all right? Okay. He was writing to churches in Turkey. What a tremendous Christian heritage Turkey had. Today we call Turkey. There the seven churches from Revelation are in that community. Uh, Peter, when he mentions these communities, it's sort of circular. It's like a a mailman coming and he's going to stop at each of these places and either give a copy of what Peter is saying or read. There, Peter speaks a word of comfort to these believers who are going through difficult times. Here's the political correctness. I'm going to forget. Islam is a peaceful religion. What planet do you live on? What history books have you read? Do you know that in the 1900s, the Christian population in Turkey was 22% of the nation? You know what it is today? A fraction of less than 1%. I mean, look at the nations that have Islamic rule. The Christians have freedom. A biblical scholar said to me that the Muslim community believes in freedom of religion when they're in the minority. But when they're in the majority, If you were in Kenya, you could have grenades thrown at you if you were a Christian. Imagine coming to Faith Assembly of God and you knew that you would have to dodge grenades. Look what's happening in the Middle East. The persecution is incredible. Those early Christians, they were going through the fires. It's not a new phenomenon. The reason is because we're God's elect. We're God's chosen ones. We've embraced the king. And Peter so much says that. God's people are elect in this world. He says, to God's elect strangers in the world. God voted for you. You're elect. He said, I want you in my kingdom. Now, this election, what I believe God is saying here is he has chosen us in Christ. 
God has chosen us as a part of his kingdom. The idea is that when a person recognizes the king, he's also embracing the kingdom of which that king reigns over. To everyone that's been born again, who's accepted Christ as personal Lord and Savior, you're a part of God's kingdom. You're a part of the elect. And so he's saying, God has chosen you. The same terminology that he uses for Israel, he uses for the church. Some think that what Peter is grappling with is where is Israel's place in history? Because by and large, for the most part, they've rejected Messiah. They've turned their back on Messiah. Even though the church, of course, was predominantly Jewish and the apostles were Jewish, and we thank God for them and our Jewish heritage and our Jewish brothers and sisters in Christ. But the church had more and more become a Gentile community. Now, Peter's writing to Jews and to Gentiles, but he says, in Christ, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, you are the elect. So the promises given to Abraham are yours. In Romans chapter 9, Paul argues that the people of God are not those who are just physical descendants of Abraham. No, they're spiritual descendants. Abraham had many descendants. For example, Ishmael. But the promise was found in Isaiah. In Isaac, rather. In Isaac. And the promise is found in Christ. When we're in Christ, we become part of the elect. Look at the wording that he uses in 1 Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 to 10, we'll put it on the screens. It says, but you are a chosen people. Terminology that was used of the nation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him. Who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people. But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy. But now you have received mercy. We've entered into this covenant relationship with God. And we are the elect. And and he goes on to, again, talk to us about our relationship to this world. Recognizing that we are God's chosen people. That we are called out. We are an elect people. And he says something. We're strangers. God's people are strangers in this world. To God's elect, strangers in the world. Uh, The idea, and some translate it, alien a resident alien, a sojourner, a pilgrim. Basically, it's saying that this whole world is not our home. We're just a passing through. Uh, In Hebrews 13, 14, it says, for this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Our neighbors, our co-workers should notice something different about the way we live our lives. Every Jew, when they go to their synagogue, sets their face towards Jerusalem as they pray. As believers, we set our gaze 
And we fix our attention on that heavenly city, Jerusalem. Because that is our homeland. That's where we are going. This is only our temporary abode. So that would be a a comfort, a consolation to every believer that was in the fiery trials. Now, Now, Paul was proud of his citizenship, his Roman citizenship. He talks about it. But it paled in comparison to his heavenly citizenship. He said, we are citizens of heaven. Hallelujah. Your name is on the register. And you won't have to pay taxes when you get there. There's a mansion prepared for you. There's a place prepared for you. There's a home prepared for you. That's our destination. Everything in this world is so designed that it tells us and reminds us this is only our temporary abode. We're just passing through. Someone said the world is like a bridge. Don't build your home on a bridge. We're going to the other side. So Peter is comforting these early Christians. He's strengthening them on the inside. He said, remember, God chose you. You're an inheritor of the promises of the Old Testament. Remember, you're just a passing through this present world. And then he turns our attention from himself as the author, Peter, an apostle who speaks an authoritative word, a biblical word, an inspired word into our hearts to our relationship to the world around us. And he says, we're an elect people. We're strangers in this present world. But we have a incredible relationship with God. An incredible relationship with God. In verse 2. Who had been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. For obedience to Jesus Christ. And the sprinkling by His blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Hmm. The Trinity. But that's not the order we usually think of. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, Spirit, Son. There's a reason for that. But he begins with the Father's work in salvation. The triune God is all involved in your and my salvation. I mean, God's taken interest in you. You're not just lost on some computer screen. You're not just some forgotten grain of sand. No, you're the apple of his eye. You're the focus of his attention. And so God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son, all involved in this work of redemption, salvation. He says, The Father has chosen us who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Now, when he says foreknowledge, I don't believe, and the text I don't believe indicates that God just simply said, okay, you go to heaven and you go to hell and you're going to make it and you're not going to make it. No, I believe what this is referring to is that 
God planned to bless his children. He was predisposed to bless his people. Not that God doesn't know everything. He does. But there's a mystery of his sovereignty and our free will. I don't fully understand it, how it all fits together, but I know that it's there I, because it's clear in the Bible. Uh, God foreknew he knew But in this context, especially he's referring to God's predisposition to bless his children. I mean, he is kind. He is good. So the person going through an incredible trial has to at that moment recognize, Lord, even though this trial seems so overwhelming, you are my father. And I could trust and depend upon you because I know that this world is temporary and you will always be with me throughout the journey. He's comforting them in the fact that they can be strengthened in the knowledge of who God is and what God is like. He is a God who is predisposed to act out of his character and his character is that of absolute grace, kindness, and mercy. It wasn't because you are who you are that God chose you. No, you had good genes, and maybe you're good-looking, or maybe you're intelligent, or maybe by disposition you happen to be one of those happy people, and God said, oh, I need one of those in my kingdom. (laughs) No, it's not because of that at all. It's because of, well, because of who he is. When you came years ago to an altar or in a small group or at home and and you simply pray, Jesus, come into my life and your life was changed and you were born again. God had been pursuing you all along. He had been like the hound of heaven pursuing you. And it wasn't because of You, it was because of him. It's the same thing with the nation of Israel. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 6 to 8, it reads, God speaking to the nation of Israel through Moses the prophet, for you are a holy people who belong to the Lord your God. Of all the people of the earth, the Lord your God has chosen you to be his special, his own special treasure. The Lord did not set his heart on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other nations, for you were the smallest of all nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord loves you. That goes on. It's in God. When he looks at you, he loves you so much that he stretched out his arms on the cross and embraced you in grace when he died for your sins. He says, this is the type of God we have. A God that pursues us. A God who has foreknowledge. He knew. Don't have any misgivings. God's intentions for you are good. Then he goes to the Holy Spirit and talks about the work of the Spirit in our lives. The Spirit has sanctified us. Building in faith. 
The book of 1 Peter reminds us that persecution is a part of each Christian's life. Jesus himself faced great opposition in his time, yet he never let it sway his position. As Pastor Ed has reminded us here on Building in Faith Radio, we can learn from Jesus' example and even draw strength from him when the world is turning against us. Jesus is our rock and our comforter and will always be with us. Pastor Ed Jones will continue teaching through the book of 1 Peter on the next edition of Building in Faith. But you can find more messages right now by visiting our website, buildinginfaithradio.com. Be sure to visit our homepage as well, where you will be greeted by a daily scripture and some exciting events coming up for us here at Faith Assembly. We know how important finding a home church is to the Christian walk. And if you've not yet found that for your own life, why not join us? We'd be honored to meet you and share a time of worship and Bible study with you. We gather together each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Location information and directions are on our website. That address again is buildinginfaithradio.com. As our time with you comes to a close today, we'd like to remind you that you are a child of God and you are valuable to Him. He is there for you always and will answer when you call on Him. May your journey with God be blessed. Pastor Ed will return soon for more from the book of 1 Peter on the next edition of Building in Faith. Your word restores and heals, transforms, rebuilds, and it makes a way that we can be building in faith, building in faith. Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly, Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio, willowcreek.com summit.